Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today we are once again visiting our Pathways to Presence and today's topic is service. David Morrison and I sit down and talk about um, the importance of service for our uh, spiritual evolution. We also talk about, uh, we've joked about many times that silence and service uh, could be the other name of our podcast uh, because it seems to come back to that over and over again. Uh, But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering for the podcast. Thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruined.com. Uh, If you're interested in hearing more episodes, whether it's the Pathways to Presence, uh, Road to Desert Rain, which are interviews with people and how they ended up at Desert Rain, um, or other episodes of Dispatches from the Verge, drcrpod.com. You can go there uh, or wherever you found this podcast. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, David Morrison. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. It's a little (laughs) warm in here. Um, Yes, it is. Today we are back with our Pathways to Present series. As you all, if you've been following along, we're at the end of August when we post this. And um, we went every other week this month, and I think we'll be shifting back to weekly. I believe so. You feel good about that? Yes, sir. Um, So on this edition of Pathways to Presence, uh, if this is your first time listening, um, we are following the topics from Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster book, Richard Foster's book, and but it's not a book study. Basically, we we take his his topics. uh, We do. I mean, I know both of us have been reading and or listening to the chapters, but then uh, the discussion is more around David and I's um, experience with those things. And so today um, we might be beating a, a dead horse, but today's uh, subject is service. And one of the things David and I joke about that every, just about every podcast we release could be called silence and service. Yeah, pretty much. Because it seems to come back to that every time. Um, so I, I guess I'll just kick it off to you and and kind of how we've started most of these episodes, but just sort of what, what's been your experience in and around um, service specifically within your spiritual life, you know, and, and kind of what, how has that sh- helped shape your spiritual life, I guess would be a good way to, to yeah. kick off. Uh, it's something that's just kind of always been there without, you know, it saying, well, I need to, I need to serve more. Uh, you know, it's not so much that kind of a thing. It was more like, my, for example, my dad was a elementary school PE teacher in the seventies, eighties, and would just make, uh, he would make my brother and I, uh, for some reason, my older brother got out of it. I'm going to have to check into that. He wasn't <laughs> like, with how, us. How'd you sneak out of that it guy? Was, it was myself and my younger brother. 
uh, he, he'd uh, make us weed the football field at mm. the school and clean up trash. And he was always picking up trash. He still picks up trash at the parks. I believe he goes it. walking at the parks. Yeah, knowing so your that pops. was ingrained in me. Not as something that you should do, but just something you just do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I think picking up trash without anybody knowing about it is a good practice. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to spiritualize it. Um, well, and I, I think that was one of the things that jumped out to me at the beginning of this chapter is when he starts talking about, uh, I can't remember the exact wording he uses, but basically hidden service. Right. Yeah. Like, like when we do service, we want to let everyone know, or I guess I can't speak for everyone, but I know for me, when I do service, I want people to know about it. You know, even if it's, I I think he even talks about like just sort of in subtle ways, just kind of put it out there for people to know. Um, but the tough part is is the hidden service, and that's sort of been my my journey yeah. with service specifically over you know over the last however many years, several years. Yeah, I'm I'm on that side. You know the the Bible contradicts itself on that, of course, <laughs> uh, because there's you know one verse where Jesus is saying, "Don't let your acts of kindness and charity, uh, don't trumpet it, uh, do it in secret." Mm. And then you have them saying, do your acts of kindness so the world can see. Mm. So it's obviously a point of contention in the early church mm-hmm. of how they should proceed. And I'm definitely in the hidden night camp myself, right. uh, especially in the, in the age of social media. <laughs> you know, right. we need to have an opposite <laughs> spirit to the culture All right. on that. And uh, yeah, and serve people, help people without anyone, even if you can, without even them knowing yeah right and so yeah. i think it's a good practice well it's it's, I think fun. it's important I, yeah and i i tend to instinctively that i want to shout it from the rooftops for my ego's sake but sort of from the that idea of spirituality for me personally the the hidden part yeah is is important and there's a over the last several years it's it's there's been a sort of niche a niche uh youtube where these people that have gotten rich off YouTube will go and like record themselves helping people. Yeah. You know, whether it's giving them money or giving them food or whatever. And one of the comedians I follow, he, uh, he made a, a, a satire of that where he's like trying to give this jar of mustard that is branded. <laughs> like it's his brand of, you know, it's like what, you know, whatever. Can't get rid of. <laughs> and he's trying to give it to like homeless people or, you know what I mean? And like, they're like, no, I don't want that. They're like, why are you recording this? Well, I don't need mustard. And just poking fun of that, like shouting from the rooftop, yeah. you know, trying to be, cause it is, it is altruistic, right? If someone's in need and, and you give it to them, even yeah, if you record yeah. it, but just poking fun of that, like, uh, Hey, maybe we don't, maybe everyone doesn't have to record it. Right. You know? And so, uh, the other, it was, there was something else early on in the, in the, um, chapter that I'm, I'm losing it now. So I'm, I'm sure it'll pop back in my brain, but, uh, sort of as, um, so you talked about like, you know, being with your pops and helping him with the uh, football field and the trash and everything yeah. else. And so like, I hated it by the way. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. I'm, I but he'd take us to the minute mark. <laughs> I don't know if that's a national thing or if that was just a, we called it the minute marks. 
and we'd go, you know, and he'd get us a Coke or something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but how's that, how's that tra- or, um, carried into adulthood as far as the, um, just finding everyday ways of being of service? Yeah, I, I think he mentions it in, uh, Foster mentions it. You, I think, I think if you, I think it becomes a contagious thing for you. So mm. as you intentionally give yourself to small acts of service, hidden acts, very small, smaller the better, mm-hmm. uh, things that you can't really brag about. You know, I picked a Kleenex off the floor. <laughs> yeah, what do you want, a cookie? You know, small acts yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, you will eventually transform, I guess, or it will it will pivot to where you embody uh, the spirit of a servant, mm. you know, and, and there's a sermon that Martin Luther King Jr. gave where he said, everybody can serve. Everybody can serve. There's always one thing that can be done. Mm. Uh, no matter who you are, no matter what your education level is, no matter how ugly or beautiful you are, tall or short, uh, your social status, high or low, everyone can serve mm-hmm. in some capacity, in some way. And so do that service that's in front of you. And that's a very simple thing. Well, it it feels like that's a sustainable thing too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Again, I think we've done episodes on exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can't serve in a huge impactful way, then Mm -hmm. I won't serve at all because I'm useless. That's a trap of the ego. Uh, You may be doing great acts of service, but if you're not doing the small, like washing the dishes uh, for your family, uh, you know, uh, Paul the Apostle would have some things to say to you about <laughs> what good is it if you don't have love? Yeah. You know, you have this outward showy thing, you know, and you, you, you go to the, uh, you know, to the food bank and you post it on Instagram and Facebook and it's like, well, yeah, you have your reward, you know, yeah. Jesus would say. And so, but, but you treat your own family. Or just people uh, you come like in crap. contact with. Yeah, or yeah, you people know, in the service industry. Your coworkers, yeah. Yeah, I made Waiters a statement one time as a pastor because we'd go out a, a lot. I gave my my uh, diabetic health away to Christian ministry because <laughs> we had to go to you know meet people constantly at restaurants. Of course, right. Bad choice. Too much salt, too much sugar. Uh, anyway, and it got to a point where we'd, be with people that would treat the wait staff like they were beneath them somehow, mm. or you know, you know. And I, I'm kind of from the. My mom probably taught me this. You know, they give you a uh, a rotten hamburger, you just eat it, <laughs> and you don't wait make waves. So I'm on that extreme, you know. Right. Uh, but nevertheless, so I made a statement as a pastor at one point because I was kind of kind of feeling uh, I don't know cantankerous at the mm. time and. And I said, you know, if you treat the wait staff like crap, Marsha and I are never going to go out in public with you again. Mm-hmm. And then we had a line of people. <laughs> Is it I? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Is it I? <laughs> they were, they're like, do you want to hang out next week? <laughs> yeah. And, and we kept to that problem. Yeah. Some of these people we have never seen again. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, because I can't stand that, you know. So, yeah, how do you treat people that can do nothing for you? Or they're paid to do something for you. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, and it's all in the small things. Uh, and not paid well, Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it's your demeanor at the table. It's your, how polite you are. Yeah. Do you notice them? There's that verse 
or, or story in the Gospels. Uh, Jesus is invited to an important Pharisee's house named Simon. He's at the table. And then this quote-unquote public sinful woman comes in, bursts in, mm-hmm. crashes the party, cries over his feet, anoints his feet with perfume. And, uh, and Simon says, well, if he knew what kind of woman she was, and I guess he knew, huh? If he knew, yeah, if he knew, he knew who she was, if he knew he's dealing with, yeah. (laughs) People have accused me of having a foul mouth, which is not an accusation. I do have a foul mouth, but I asked them, I can ask them back. If you're so innocent, how come you know what those words mean? (laughs) So, uh, how are you so familiar? Yeah. How did you know that reference to that, uh, that movie about the the pizza delivery guy and the plumber. Uh, anyway, um, I forgot where I was heading. Oh, and, and Jesus says a very curious phrase in there. He says, Simon, uh, look at this woman. See this woman. Mm. In other words, there are people that we just, you know, uh, you're trained to not even see. Mm-hmm. They're invisible to you. And real spirituality is to begin to see and acknowledge uh people and then and then serve them in very small ways which might be just with a simple polite smile or you know an acknowledgement of some sort yeah just look you know look them in the eyes and acknowledge them yeah can go a long way for just a complete stranger you might be passing on the on the street or at the grocery store or something i mean i've given money to panhandlers Mm -hmm. and not looked at them yeah and not acknowledge them the acknowledgement's harder yeah than, than actually giving something. And so. Well, one of the things I used to try to do, especially in Philadelphia, because I just encountered it much more, is even if I didn't have anything to give, um, I would look them in the eye and say, I, hey, I don't have any cash. Yeah. And just, you know, and just say, you know. That's and harder. Just, yeah, and it was really hard. Because um, when I gave money, I was just buying, paying for my guilt. Yeah, right. That's exactly. what I was trying yeah, to do. Exactly. Um, but that that eye contact and that just that quick word, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and if I do have money, what's that? Yeah. Tell them, I hope your life gets better. Yeah. You know, know, give them a couple bucks and look them in the eye and say, good luck, you know, and sincerely mean it, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not too far removed from that. You know, who knows what could happen in my life and, and I could be in a similar situation, you know? And so, um, Two things that popped up. I remember the point I was going to make earlier that slipped my mind, but the other one about the Martin Luther King uh, being a servant, that's that's one of the things we uh, sort of lean on in recovery. Mm. You know, we tell someone like, if you have three days, if you haven't used for three days, you can be useful, probably more useful than someone like myself to someone who has one day. Yeah, for and sure. just, you know, let them know like, what it's did closer. you do to get from one day to three? You know what I mean? And like, you can, you can, and I remember, I remember early on for me, someone that, you know, had like three, six, maybe even nine months, less than a year it had to be for sure. I could relate, I could imagine getting to that point, but someone with four, five, 10 years, you know what I mean? Or then, yeah. you know, however, so on and so forth. And just being like, oh, that I could never be at that point, you know? And, and so, but the people that were like, quote unquote peers, sobriety length time regardless of their age um it was like oh man like maybe i could you know maybe that person could show me a thing or two yeah you know and just sort of that that martin luther king essence of like even if you don't think you can be helpful you definitely can be helpful in some in some aspect yeah uh the other thing that um 
that he kicks the chapter off with was that idea of service and humility. And I, I just, I love that because once someone starts talking about how humble they are, it's like, oh, okay, this, yeah. <laughs> this, this is going somewhere weird. Um, and I'm guilty of that myself. You know what I mean? Like, well, even if I'm not saying the words out loud, sometimes thinking that, right? Like that yeah. internal chatter. Um, but when I'm focused on being of service, when I'm focused on being a servant to others, that it just sort of shifts to that place of humility, right. you know? And it's like one of those things we talk about with sitting in silence. Once you real, once you recognize your mind is being still, <laughs> it's past, right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's a similar thing. Like once you yeah. realize the humility is, has sort of washed over you, it, it it's kind of disappeared in that moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah. In that sense, it's not even just hidden, hidden service to others. It's, it's gotta be hidden to yourself. Right. You know, yeah. Jesus says, Interesting. Uh, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Mm. Uh, the Tao Te Ching. Uh, do your damn work. I think that's the original Chinese. <laughs> do your damn work and let it go. Forget about it. Yeah. Do it and then let it go. And so, yeah, that's part of humility. And it, yeah, and it becomes an automatic kind of thing. It kind of takes a life of its own, a spirit of humility, if you will. When it, it's um, one of those. Can't um, manufacture it. Yeah, and it's one of those like exercise equivalents where it's like the more you do it, the more you're in the practice of doing it, it's going to grow on its own, yeah. right? Like if you just, if you work out every day, even if it's 10, 15 minutes, whatever, eventually you're going to get into shape, yeah. you know, regardless of what the time frame is. And I think a similar thing with um, service if you engage in it every day and it, it, he gives a really good prayer in the book. I don't think I brought the book anyways, or just a prayer of like, you know, God show me, bring me one person I yeah. can be of service yeah. to, you know? And it's like, if you can do that every day, you know, get to the point where you can make that prayer. And then when this, for me, it's like, what well, it happened to me recently, helping, helping this, uh, helping people move across the country I was getting like when we were unloading I was getting grumpy and like I didn't want to be in that space you know what I mean like yeah because moving sucks I, well and I had volu- I could have said no <laughs> you know what I'm I mean I'm gonna like burn I, my stuff <laughs> I could have not been there <laughs> but one of the mantras the last day that I I got into is um God help me be a, a cheerful servant um mm. help me uh it was between that and then um help me do this service with a cheerful anyway, it was just right, right. That that sort of mantra and just anytime I could see myself sliding into that that weird dark place of like wanting to burn the truck down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being like, well, that's not exactly why you came. And and just and it helped, but it's still it was still a struggle, right? Like I I I kept having to come back to it. Right. And, right. and I think that kind of goes back to this idea of um if service seems so far away from you that like engaging with it to today is just like you're not there, right? Like yeah. people are, some people are just not there and that's okay. But moving to that prayer of just allowing me to be willing to be of service yeah. to the next person, you know? And so not even praying for like, bring someone that I can be of service to just Help me with the, you know, God help me with the willingness to yeah, be of service. Yeah. And and sometimes that's, you know, 
that's where it starts and that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it can be a tricky thing. <laughs> For sure. Um, one, one of the, uh, beautiful things within service, I think is, is just the spontaneity being open to the spontaneity of, of service. And, and, um, I don't know if you have any, any examples in your life or, or someone, you know, where, where things like that have, have come together or it just sort of, you know, just sort of how things work out sometimes serendipitously. I don't know if you have any, anything like that in your repertoire. Well, uh, it, a lot of it has to do with resisting the, uh, the compulsion. It's almost, it's almost a compulsion to produce something, mm. you know, so they need my advice. They need my money. They need my materials. They need my, me to do something, mm. produce something. Well, you need to flip it to the other side. They may need you to just shut the hell up. <laughs> they may need you to not give anything. Yeah. Uh, so there's that presence. So people that have served me in ways that, and, and when you are the recipient of service from another, it's very humbling, mm. very, very much humbling. More so, I think, than mm. being the servant, you know, uh, because you're, you're in a state of vulnerability mm-hmm. and no one likes to be in that state. So a lot of times we, we serve so that we can feel that we have some sort of power over mm-hmm. others. Right. So that's a deceptive thing. And, and, we, and you have to fail through that process and, mm-hmm. you know, until real humility will come and you just have to engage it. So often by being the recipient of service, um, you know, I, I, when I was 42 in the hospital, that was extremely humiliating. Mm-hmm. People having to change the bed for me, you know, a 42 year old man can't even, you know, I think I mentioned uh, they were taking me out on a walk on a leash in (laughs) the hospital. And I think it was, I think I had to walk only, I think they determined 500 feet is all a day, 500 feet a day. And I ran into an elderly woman up the hallway, you know, and in a walker. She's like, I'll race you. And she would have beaten me. (laughs) you know. So when you're in that kind of a state and it's, it's overwhelming to see how people serve you. And that was just their jobs, but they did it mm-hmm. amazingly. Yeah, healthcare industry, uh, and so so people in my life that have served me the most have been often when I'm in a, a very in a state of suffering, a state of pain, and they don't try to push their advice or their agenda on me. Those those are true friends, and I'm fortunate to have those, and they just simply be with me. Right. Um, and, you know, and hopefully I've learned from them to do the same, to reciprocate mm-hmm. that. Just simply being with someone in their pain, uh, witnessing them in it, acknowledging it, not coddling it, not uh, not getting offended for them. You see that mm-hmm. on social media a lot. Someone, right. you know, put something out about their ex, <laughs> their ex-wife or their ex-husband yeah. and, and then all their friends. He's just a jerk. He's, He's this and that. He's, yeah, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh you just simply uh, be there for them in that sense. Um, I saw a meme one time uh, on the same social media. Uh, someone uh, noticed in the in the Winnie the Pooh series, you know those those short stories from not that good because they're written in the the illustrations are great, <laughs> but the 
because it's written by a British guy. <laughs> it's not good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, there's this character named Eeyore, the, you know, the donkey who's always depressed. Uh, and they, and the other characters around him, they never try to talk him out of being sad. <laughs> right. And they don't give him advice. They don't give him cards, you know, to phone a, Get well a therapist. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. And they always invite him. He is always invited to go yeah. whatever the, you know, the stuff they do, uh, whether he comes or not, whether he, you know, they don't give up on him. They just mm -hmm. simply invite him to be with them. And that's, that's real service there. Well, and, and the, when you said earlier, like just being with people and, and we talked about it at lunch yesterday, like when someone comes to us, you know, asking that question, do you just need me to listen? Are you looking oh, for yeah. advice? You know, you know what, how can I support in this interaction? And, and one of the things that Foster talks about is it, if you're having trouble listening to God, try listening to your fellows for a while. Yeah. And I thought that was a super profound thing because, and I mean, not to keep going there, but it's like, oh, in this day and age, but just saying, you know, just reaching out to someone and say, hey, how are you doing? Um, you know, and, and like sincerely asking that question, like, Hey, what's going on in your life? You know, right. I mean, whether, you know, whether, what, you know, whatever might, um, uh, tip you off to maybe something's a little off. Right? right. And just trying to, trying to listen because at one point in my life, I was, you know, like you were saying, like, well, let me just tell you how to fix that man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, as I've gotten older, sort of shifted to that. Um, I barely know how to keep my life in order. So trying to assume I can keep your life in order yeah. or anyone else's is just like so far out there that it's like, well, I, I can, I can just listen, Yeah, you know, and if someone asks me for advice, if I have advice, you know, like if someone comes to me about like wife or kid stuff, I don't have a wife. I've never had any kids. It's like, I'm not the guy to talk to like here, to go, you know, yeah. I know this, you know, I know this person has, sage advice and he happens to have kids or she happens to have kids, maybe, you know, ask them. Um, but also knowing when I'm out of my depth and just being okay with that today, yeah. you know, and, and, um, you know, some, you know, similar in our relationship, someone to come to me about Christian knowledge and Bible stories. I'm <laughs> yeah. not the guy to ask, you know yeah. what I mean? But if someone comes with, uh, about recovery or someone they know is struggling with, you know, I have a little bit of experience in that. So yeah. I, can, I can be useful, but just knowing when I'm, I'm out of my depth, you know, has, has been a very humbling experience. Cause it, you know, since I, when I was 16, I knew everything. Right. And now that, you know, however old I am now, 38, about to be 39. It's like, I know that's, very little. Not so much anymore. <laughs> what I thought I knew is like, even that's a little iffy today. So, um, yeah. that just that listening is so impactful. Yeah. I think, again, it's connected to almost the practice of vulnerability, intentional vulnerability. Take the risk. I'm not saying go throw up on people on the bus. Right. You of know, course. I'm not saying that. I'm saying do it strategically, do it prayerfully, do it intentionally where you risk a little bit of vulnerability with another. Uh, and they and they may take advantage. 
mm-hmm. of you, but because you risked it intentionally, you're not going to, you know, be completely taken advantage of in mm-hmm. a really negative way. Uh, they might say some hurtful things to you, and I've made it a practice to be fairly vulnerable with with people. Probably my wife says too much mm. with people, uh, but and they will they will say uh, real shitty things to you, and mm. and you just have to filter that through and uh, go through the process of you know wanting them to uh, be. You know, you pray for them. I guess I start off praying for them to be publicly humiliated. <laughs> I check my emotions. Do I want them to die? Well, no, not really. Probably not. Do I want harm to come to them? Eh, not really. Uh, do I want them to be publicly humiliated? Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I want them to take the place of honor at a banquet, and then the security comes and tells them that's uh, not for you. That's for someone more important than you. And they have to go sit on the floor. They're escorted out. I want that to happen to them, you know? Uh, well, but, even if- yeah. So it'll happen, but if, but you know, but it gives, it still gives them an opportunity to serve. And that's a powerful mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and, and, and if not, it gives them a, you know, so I have had people, so I've taken the, the, the chance of being vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. one time I was in teaching, I was having a difficult day. It was the end of the day. I was at my desk and, and a fellow teacher, the next door neighbor came in and said, Hey, what's going on with you? You seem down. And, I, and so I decided, yeah, I'll be vulnerable in this moment. So uh, sometimes I just feel like a failure as a teacher and my, I'm embarrassed at myself at my so-called comedic antics. I need to just grow up and, and he goes, yeah, you really do need to grow <laughs> up. And, uh, and a lot of it has to do with your faith. Uh, you're a, Jesus. yeah, he said, you're in a, you're in a Christian group, the vineyard, uh, and they don't, they don't teach about good and evil. They don't teach about righteousness and holiness. And, and you're just this free grace, free willing kind of person. And you just need to repent and get right with God. And, and, you know, and he probably went home that night feeling, like he got like the he w. really served me, yeah, yeah. He really, and he did serve me, but he served me a turd, right? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then other cases, I've had people come up to me and lecture me, and this one woman one time lectured me. Uh, I had just recovered from sepsis, which is like a, I think you have a fourteen percent chance of survival within the first six months yeah, of surviving that. Low. And here I was, and this woman came up to me and said, "I just needed to have faith." And God would heal me if they could just lay hands on me, that I would be healed. She just lectured me on, on faith after I had just gone through that ordeal. And and it bugged me. That really made me angry. Of course. I was really angry about that. The other one, the other guy, we just would, you know, we would make fun of him. Mm-hmm. We'd call him Captain Sunshine and all that. And but but this was really wounding to me. This mm-hmm. was actually a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh and then uh and it, it kept me up all night, pretty wow. much. And then the next day uh, she came up to me and said, you know, I really overspoke and uh, that was wrong of me mm-hmm. to do that and to say those things to you and to assume all these things. And so you, so it gives people a chance to to fail forward and, and it gives you a chance to to be vulnerable. And uh, and it just seems like that's the, the, the segue of service and humility is vulnerability. Well, I picture too that last example... You know, you said it kept you up all night and I picture her in the same place, like not being able to sleep 
yeah, because of the yeah. things she had said. And so uh, she, she must know, have, yeah. For her to be able to then come to you and be like, Hey, yeah, I crossed, was... I crossed the line. Right. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's amazing how, how healing it is when, at least it's when I've messed up in my life to be able to go back to people and be like, Hey, I screwed up, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and, um, just being able to, to not only embrace that, um, vulnerability right but also embrace the other side of it of, of the from my perspective like the humiliation right yeah. so we talked about humility but then being realizing like oh shit like i, I overcrossed I, I crossed the line there yeah. and, and had to go make it right and um you know I, I and to go you know kind of when you were telling talking about this like putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way People don't always know how to react, you know, and I kind of think of like, a, everybody has their defense mechanism, right? right? And so like, if you approach someone in a, in a open, vulnerable way, you know, they, they throw their defense mechanism out there, you know, like, like a squid, you know, putting the ink and then yeah. trying to get out of there without being seen. You know what I mean? Well, they start hugging you and patting your back like, <laughs> like you're on fire. They're trying to put the fire out. They're there. Stop crying now. Well, that's it. Some people like try to do that, but then some people are like, oh, uh, I got dinner in the oven, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. just to get out of the situation. And it's amazing uh, th that it's, tr you know, we talk about spiritual practices, but it's truly a practice. Uh, because I, I wasn't always comfortable with someone approaching me with a with a real vulnerable thing, you know. And well, I'm assuming in recovery in a meeting, doesn't it happen often? Oh, yeah. Someone starts crying, I, and I'm sure the group has a an ethos. Uh, don't don't start hugging it, them. Don't start. You honestly you know, see just, it. Just simply witness them in their crying. It it just depends. Honestly, it just depends. Like some okay, groups so are they're much, learning some groups are much more um lay out um very specific wording of like don't comfort people don't you know what i mean yeah. like kind of what you're saying is and then other groups are not you know not not as much you know um and so so there's like a weird gray area there mm, but yeah. but um but there's a thing like called crosstalk where you, you like, right, you know, right. so, so like with that example, you know, if they, you know, say something, you know, for example, you know, who knows, but like, oh, their, their child or their parent has cancer. Right. 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 Well, the next person that shares, it's not to jump or anyone else that shares after that isn't to jump out and be like, oh, well, I know this doctor and you yeah, can call yeah. it, you know it's what I mean? The best. He's the best. Right. In the city. Yeah, yeah. And so things like that are, are very much uh, frowned upon, but, um, there's a, you know, there's a kind of gray area as far as like comforting or, or things like that. And it, it's, it, you know, it's a case by case scenario. Yeah, you know, that's there's, true. Not, there's not, um, cause there, there is something powerful about just witnessing someone and holding the light as we talk about, right. right like sort right. of that Quaker, um, practice and, and a practice that we, we practice here at desert rain, um, but in certain situations, you know, I think it is okay to comfort someone. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? If it if it is, uh, well, it talks about the like just weeping with people. You know what I mean? Right, like right, yeah. Being there and 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 just acknowledging the sadness with them. Yeah. You, know, I, I, you and I have had situations like that. You know what I mean? We're going through hard times, and we just 
we're just with each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's no words that need to be said and there's no um, action that needs to be taken. And it just yeah. like, we both witness this difficult thing, whether it's I'm going through something, you know, or you, you're, you're going through something and just, yeah. just being in this, the presence of each other, you know, and acknowledging. Which that might be the third S because we've talked about silence. Oh, we talk about, uh, service, service. A third would be solidarity. Uh, I, I would think. And that's when you serve someone, when you have nothing to give, you're just as impoverished in every way that they are. So all you can do is sit with them in that, situation and uh and support each other however you can uh, out of your poverty so, so to speak um that's the, that becomes a real solidarity because usually we look at the world most people we look at the world and the situation on you know on the news mm-hmm, right. the camps refugee camps and wars uh, famines those kinds of things weather um, weather Severe yeah. weather stuff. Yeah, droughts and, and, and which cause mass migrations and mm-hmm. uproot people's families by the millions. Mm-hmm. Those are huge issues. And, and we're like, I can't solve that. I can't do anything about that. And so we dismiss it completely. We just we disassociate from it. Mm-hmm. Where solidarity would say, no, sit with it, mm-hmm. sit with it a bit. Which is why the Eucharist is so important in my life. Because it's the solidarity with all who suffer, all who ever have suffered, uh, and even future, yeah, who yeah. will suffer. All, all, yeah, the the past, present, and future all coming together at the centrality of the cross of this man crucified, God crucified. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting too because, I mean, just witnessing it in my life, but like, the highs and the lows are coming. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. You're going to have really good times in your life that are incredible and whatever. And, and you're going to have some things that just knock you to the ground. Right. right. And, and just leave you. And so for me, it's it's uh, solidarity all the way through. Right. When people yeah. are flying, when my friends are flying high, like congratulate them, you know, high five them, whatever, you know, yeah. um, and cheer for them. Like I like cheering for my, you know, that's something that I would get jealous of in the past, right. Mm, Watching my yeah. friends succeed. And now it's like, Oh no, like hell yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, had a, a dear friend had a, fi- a family crisis this week, you know, and, and just calling them and being like, I, there was a business type question I needed to talk to him, but, being able to start off the conversation like, ah, we don't need to talk about that. Like what's like, how are you with this? And how, you know, I don't even know how long the conversation went, but just like, like timeout, like there's bigger things going on right now. Yeah. And what's up? Like, is there anything I can do? And, um, once again, just listened, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and, and heard, heard where my friend was at. Um, and then the everyday stuff, right? Like that, that, points probably to you and I's relationship. Like we see each other basically every day and just like, Oh, Hey, what's up? What's going on? You know what I mean? And just the the boring, (laughs) the boring mundane of like, "Eh, it's, you know, whatever it's Saturday. It's fine. There's some clouds out. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) You know, but through the highs, lows and, and, you know, boring days, like just being there for people, you know, and, and, um, it's not easy, right? Relationships no. aren't easy and, and, and that's okay too. Um, we still have a little bit of time and, and as always, I, I like to throw out, and we talked about, touched on it briefly, but 
for someone that's like um just like no like i don't my life's too full there's there's no room for service um probably someone like that is doing service in their life but I guess it's a two-part question. One, how how could you, what would your recommendation be for someone to step into service? Um, and then kind of adjacent to that, like how, what would you, how would you um, support people and like recognizing the service that they're already doing in their life that maybe they don't see as service? Does that make sense? Why don't you repeat that? <laughs> so let's go with the first question first. All right, with okay. someone that that just feels like being of service is so so far out of their where they're at today. Yeah. You know, where where would you suggest they start on oh, getting on that yeah. path? Do some dishes, pack or pick up some trash in your neighborhood. Uh maybe do an inventory of yourself, like in like in twelve steps, a, a moral is they call it a moral mm-hmm. or ethical. They just call inventory. it a moral inventory, yeah. Maybe something simpler than that would be uh, what pisses you off, mm-hmm. what irritates you the most. That might be the point of where you need to serve somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, go do something about it. You know, mm-hmm. it may be something that you can't do anything directly about, but there might. Right. So if you sit with it, there might be something indirectly you can do. Uh, one example here, uh, we had a neighbor, uh, he was, uh, I think he was in his late teens, early twenties. And he was, uh, just kind of lost, you know, as, as many young people can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, didn't have much to do. And so he was just playing super loud music, uh, all day, like where the bass would rumble your windows <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Your, people's teeth from a hundred yards away yeah people from acres and acres away their teeth were falling out because the the baseline was so was so fat with a p and so and so we're like what the hell should we do? so we discerned it we we're like well, should we talk to them should we confront them should we and and we had some means financial means as a community at the time and uh and so so greg uh went over there which was already that's an act of service Already, it's an awkward thing to go, especially in the West out here in, uh, you know, in, in New Mexico and uh, the well, Western U.S. Out, you don't yeah. walk on people's properties. <laughs> People are very uptight about their properties. I mean, they they committed genocide for these properties. So, you know, uh, got to keep them locked them. down. So he goes over there. So that was the first act. And then he talks to the guy and, and Greg can be very socially awkward mm-hmm. and he doesn't care. He pushes through mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And he, he just is up. who he is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm the one who takes, I'm like, Oh my God, did you just <laughs> say that? Uh, and, and you know, and so he does it and he said, Hey, we have some, th-, and he had some work for the guy. Cause the, that's what the guy needed was some mm-hmm. work and some value. Uh, and, and so we were doing a project and Jacob was working on it. And mm-hmm. so it might've been the two of them that went over. I don't remember. Right. Uh, uh, and they, uh, yeah, brought him back over to our property and, uh, and started working on some projects and paid him at the end of the day. And this went on for, I think we uh, did it every time the music was on, if I remember right. So every time the music was playing, we just assumed he's trying to drown out his mm-hmm. life. He, he needs something to do. So we'd go over and say, hey, are you, you want to work today? 
And then you'd almost always say yes. And then conversations would develop. Mm -hmm. Then I would show up because I wasn't good for the work. I suck. (laughs) And so uh, I built the house originally. I got all, it's all out of me. And so we'd have conversations and, uh, and there you go, you know? And so we just, yeah. So that was an example of, it starts from your irritation, starts Mm -hmm. from the problem itself. Usually if you see problems in others, that's your opportunity to serve in some way. And uh, and it's not to correct them. They'll start with the correction. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just, your theology is off and that's why you suck. You know? like, you're not the right kind of Christian you just if you're a Christian up. at all. <laughs> we know about you vineyards. Uh, vineyards. Yeah, you're on our list. We talk about you on our uh, radio programs. The uh, So I guess the adjacent question to that is, is someone... Uh, how would you help someone recognize the service they're already doing in their life? You know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, who knows, a single mom with, with a job to support their kids or, you know, a dad, you know, working two jobs to help, you know, just they have a full life. And yeah. so that seems the barrier to service. How would you then maybe turn that around and be like, hey, Maybe there, maybe the service you're doing in your life is already there yeah. and helping someone acknowledge um, or embrace that service in a different way instead of kind of beating, you know what I mean? Sort of lashing yourself like, oh, right. I can't be of service. And it's like, well, you know, you might already be of, of service in some capacity. Yeah. You know, how, how would you help guide someone to recognize the service they do in their life currently? Yeah, I would just hopefully you could find someone that you could talk to and they could recognize it and Mm. pull it out for you. And, uh, or maybe think of the others. A lot of times you see yourself in others. So, so Mm. when I see irritation in others, it's Mm -hmm. because I'm projecting that exact same Uh, irritation, if not more. Uh, the only reason why I'm I'm able to see the fault in their, in their life is because I have that same fault or, or some related fault to it. Uh, you know, that's, that's the teaching of Jesus, right? Why do you take the, why are you obsessed over the, the speck in your, in your brother or sister's eye when you have a, a telephone pole sticking out of your eye, something like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so it works inversely as well. So if you make an inventory of people in your life that you see who are serving, maybe write them a message, uh, and thanking them for that and recognize them. And then you might start recognizing it in yourself. That's amazing. I just sort of picture this. Uh, I, I can't remember. It's like Bougainvillea or something like that. Like one of those plants that grows up. This, oh, like a, yeah, vine, okay. a vine, you know what I mean? That right. grows up yeah, the yeah. wall or something. Climbing, climbing vine. Yeah, exactly. And just like. If you watch it every day, it's almost like, oh, you don't really get much out of it in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you see it and then you come back two weeks later and it's grown, you can really notice the change. In yeah. It, you know, and, and so what you're, you know, kind of what you're saying is like acknowledging someone else's service, yeah. you know, and, and just being, you know, just that thank you, you know, and just being able to to embrace them and, and then possibly see the growth in them. But because it's a mirror, possibly reflecting that growth back on you and, and being able to see where you're, 
your areas of, of, cause you know, I think most people are of service. We just have a, not strict definitions, but just these weird definitions that sometimes it closes it off of like, wow, that's not the right type of service. Or, right. You know what I mean? Or you're like, um, well, I've you, had people, churches have done that. If they're, if you're not selling the Jesus uh, message to them, then it's not real service. There are a lot of Christians who believe that. Like other churches condone or condemning uh, churches, condemning churches for not selling. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've been accused of it myself. Well, you're not preaching to them. You're not telling them that they're going to hell. You're not objectifying them enough. You're not bashing <laughs> they, it over as their sinners. Head <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Evangelicals are very much guilty of that. Uh, because they feel like you have to sell the message in a cognitive way mm. uh, so that a comprehensive way that they would understand it or your service is just uh, garbage to them. Uh, in fact, you're speeding up their process to hell, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, that's a big thing in the, in the Christian community. I was invited. It was uh, to sponsor the native program in the prison. Mm-hmm. And, the, and there came a day where they had their talking circle and, and they invited me to go to it. Mm-hmm. The natives did. Mm-hmm. And I'd already been going to the prison about twice a week at that time mm-hmm. with uh, Christian groups that were there, you know, Bible studies, right. that kind of thing. Um, and so while Jacob and I met uh, with the native group uh, for the sweat lodge, you know, we're sitting in the, in the chapel in a circle. Uh, there were some in the Christian program uh, in the chaplain's office, which had a glass window, and they were gawking at us and laughing at us for cavorting with the natives, crossing the line, if you will, you know, that kind of thing. Prison, it's much more, you know, those lines are much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it showed the, the bigotry that's in, mm. you know, well, you should only serve people that are like you, you know, you should only serve people that, uh, or if you do serve people that are other than you, you need to, do it in, in a way that you, uh, with the agenda to make them like you, of course, that kind right. of thing. And so, yeah, it's disgusting the way I say it, but it's, it's in all of us. Yeah. And, uh, stop objectifying the poor just by saying the poor, you've just objectified them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just or by saying them, them yeah. is, a, is objectification. Yeah. Making them the other. Yeah. We're all just people trying to get through this shit. It's what we are. Well, and I think that that's been my my biggest growth is those opportunities I've gotten to be of service to people that are not like me. You know, whether it's they don't look like me, yeah, they're not, uh, they didn't grow up in the same part of the world as I did. Um, their socioeconomic status is way different than mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just being able to um, just show up anyways, right? Like yeah. just one person to another person and like regardless of all the other <clears throat> excuse me sorry about that external things that we we grade and judge on yeah. just being like okay yeah we're different but we're we're people you know and and sort of it's not always easy to get over those first few hurdles you know no it's very hard <clears throat> but once you connect on that that um personal level but just even even less than that just Hey, we're just a couple people. Yeah. You know, we're both both trying to figure out this ride on this um this crazy rock. Yeah, this rock flying through space <laughs> and um 
I don't have answers. I'm not here to give you any answers. That, that was one of my favorite things about when we would go into the detention center and be like, hey, I'm not a man of means. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I can't really help you, um, but I yeah. can be your friend. You know, and just sort of put that humbling statement out, right? Because because yeah. I want to be the lawyer, right? Like I want to be the yeah. I want to cool win guy. an argument of some sort. Yeah, I want to I want to be able to fund helping you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's that's not where I was. I'm at at that stage of life, and just being just saying it, right? Like just throwing it out there and and um, letting them know I'm just here to be a friend, right? And there's no other uh, ulterior motive. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've ever noticed this about me, but I despise fascism. <laughs> you've never said <laughs> and, that before. Uh, and some of it, some of it might be my consumption of media and it, how it manipulates us, you know, mm -hmm. divides us, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, but I'm partially biased, very much against uh, uh, the Magistanis, mm -hmm. and um, and so there's. So when, when I consume this media, I, I objectify these people as white supremacists, mm. as fascists who hate democracy. Uh, they're, they're full of hatred, which is not absolutely false. Right. There's some truth in all that stuff. But what taught me to not objectify and to remind me, because I'm not saying I've arrived anywhere. Yeah, I still course, do it. It's a constant practice, but was, was doing hospice work mm. because... Uh, like for example, there's one woman who was definitely a MAGA, a MAGA woman, and which I thought was the intellectually, I think that's the craziest thing <laughs> you can ever be. Uh, you want, you know, you just want to stifle women's rights, huh? And uh, you know, and this was before the 2020 election, and she was going to be dead before then. She wasn't even going to get to vote in that election. So what did it matter? Interesting. Even talking about that kind of stuff. Uh, she was on her deathbed, you know, or close to it. And so there are many more pressing issues than that kind of stuff. And there have been a couple others, the same thing. You know, they're, they're uh, months away from passing away and dying. Uh, they're a human being. They're broken. They need someone just to sit with them. And, and so that, that was a good practice for me to, to not, to stop objectifying the other, yeah, you know. Well, and it's tough, right? Because we want to be right. I want to be right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And I was I was listening to an interesting interview last week, and I can't remember. They were talking about politics, but it was in more of a general way. And the guy was talking about like one practice he did, and I can't remember. It wasn't recently. He he'd kind of got to this. So before it was as decisive it is as it is now, right? But he's like, I took six months and ignored the liberal versus conservative or democratic versus Republican yeah. stances and tried to look at the bigger, the bigger things that were going on, right? Yeah. The, um, what those, you know, when you get into the dis divisive, you know, what is it distracting from? in a larger sense. Right. And, yeah. and, um, it was just an interesting, uh, concept for me. Cause I don't, I don't know if I've ever really gotten to that point where I've, I've tried to look at bigger picture stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But sort of focusing like, Oh, uh, uh abortion. Like what, what's, yeah. what's your stance on that? Or, uh, legalizing marijuana, you know right, what I mean? Right. Should we expand the Supreme court? And it's like, well, all those are probably on a certain level important questions, but 
You know, what are, yeah, the, yeah. What, are, what are the bigger questions? And still talking politics, right? Like, I'm not even saying like, oh, what is life? Yeah, none about? of us are above that. What, you know what I mean? Yeah, because there's what, that third LARPing yeah. position where you're, I'm above. I'm so enlightened. <laughs> yeah. I'm above politics. Uh, no, none of us are. It's all political. It's like... Uh, it's political, them, obviously. Give them that book. Uh, what is it? My mama is a llama or something. <laughs> like, yeah, go read this. You're, you're not being serious. Yeah. Um, Cool, man. I mean, we're coming up on time. Is there any uh, sort of closing words that are on your heart around service? No, I appreciate everyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for uh, people that have supported us. Um, I, I, You and I have been recording for two years. Wow. We started in August That's of insane. 2020. Yeah. And so uh, we've only been releasing them, not quite two years, because we started releasing them in uh, December of 2020, I believe, or November, or something like that. So, um, everyone that's listened throughout the, the couple of years, we appreciate that, um, and we will be getting back onto the weekly um, posting now that the uh, sort of the book oh, yeah. selection and editing, and uh, I think you're still working on the formatting. Yep. Um, so as we wrap that up in August, we'll we'll get back to our weekly podcast in September, but. Um, yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thank you, Danny West, for editing. Uh, Jacob you. Nedia for Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. And uh, yeah, we'll, this one releases the last week of August. So we'll have another one out for you next week. So thank you very much. Beautiful. Beautiful.